0: Welcome to another episode of Novel Not New, a true podcast. We're a narrative gaming book club podcast that takes a look at a new narrative game every month. I'm your host, Jennifer Unkle, and joining me as always, Six Detmar.
1: Fish is meat, but meat isn't fish.
0: And uh, we have two uh, special guests with us today. Um, one is uh, our returning uh, co-host, Olivia Joseph. It's
2: all right, because I am here! half might
0: <laughs> And, uh, Kim Bellwoods, uh, who's making her first new appearance.
3: I have- I, my body contains infinite power, and I could beat the shit out of anyone.
2: I don't think that's a line from the video game. Mizuki says that. She says, I could beat the shit out of anyone? Yeah. Oh, Fuck, I should have done Mizuki's, like, ally speech
0: in its entirety. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Before we jump into the game recovering, though, um, typically we see what folks have been playing.
1: Um, Did you want to start, Six? Sure, since I'm being put on the spot. Um... <sighs> I mean, what is worth talking about? I haven't played enough of fate to say very much. I'm enjoying it so far, but I'm very early mm-hmm. um I've been playing a lot of stuff that doesn't have story, and that's been fun <laughs> 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 no. um i played i played the first i played the prologue uh just the other night of Fuga Melodies of Steel and has anyone else played that first of all?
2: No, no. I've
1: been okay, meaning so to, but no. So so it's CyberConnect's uh, furry children crewing a gigantic tank RPG. Oh, and you've got to put the furries in the cannon. Yeah, that's the thing I didn't know. And then I got <laughs> to the thing where it's like, okay, shove a kid in the cannon to win the boss fight. And I was like, all right, okay, all right, great. I guess this is what we're doing. Um, I don't know about that game, honestly. People were really hot on it. I, uh... I could play more. It wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me, but I was not exactly convinced. Yeah, I think
0: part of the reason why it got such a big reputation is that uh, shortly after the game came out, uh, its creative director it w- with CyberConnect2 just went like, yeah, the game's not selling. And for the past year or so, um, he's been doing this intense Twitter campaign, getting everyone possible to play it. And uh, as part of that po- As part of that push, um, within the last week, they put out a demo that has like the first three chapters or something. So Mm -hmm. there's been a a basically Twitter campaign from various people being like, yeah, you need to play this game so that uh, CyberConnect2 can keep making put children into tanks and shoot them out the cannon (laughs) games.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I bought it like six months ago and I just never played it. Um, And then I was like, all right, it's CyberConnect. I like them. I like those .hack games. Um, it was a long time ago.
0: Yeah. And and personally, I would love it if they got a chance to do more games that are like original stuff instead of just being stuck in anime fighter hell forever. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, if this doesn't really work for you, then probably didn't work well for you.
1: Uh, I mean, I could, I could play, you know, it starts out with a very weird, it's, it's doing a very Valkyria Chronicles, like, look at these not German World War I soldiers thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It makes a weird first impression, but I, I get the feeling there could be more here. So I'm willing to, to hear it out a little further, I guess.
0: Okay. How about you, Olivia? What have you been up to? Uh
2: I played all of the Xenosaga games and then I, I did a VoIP where I talked about those extensively, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to listen to that. Oh man. Yeah, I I talk about the Zohar. Um
1: uh, you can't mess with the Zohar.
2: That's a word. I talk about uh I don't actually talk about Udu that much. I do talk about Ormus, um the immigrant fleet, Lemagetron. Uh, Junior? Junior's my boy. Actually, what I can say about Xenosaga is that, like, half the cat, Pretty much every male character in that game has immense trans mask vibes. It's pretty impressive.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they all have, like, slightly different trans mask vibes, too. It's not the exact same type, you know?
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, uh, I played those back in the day. I didn't play... Th- I didn't play two or three, I think. I think I played a little of two, and I got distracted. But I beat one... Mm -hmm. um and my main takeaway was just like man must be nice to build a robot girlfriend who's also your bodyguard (laughs) it's pretty
2: cool (laughs) continues to be pretty cool cosmos is
1: (laughs) kind of sick
2: except in two cosmos has like five lines in two Uh...
4: and
2: and one because two is just not the game where cosmos matters uh yeah so she speaks about five times and one of them is explaining how conjoined twins work (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> just okay uh, just
2: just for reference for like how important cosmos is in the story of Two. Does she,
1: does she at least say charging our cannon in
2: Oh no yeah she has all her battle lines but like in terms of okay, uh, okay. in terms of like things she says in cutscenes, it's five just times. Get, no sure that's, just that's get, obviously a loss you but. just get some trivia yeah um is that although i think that that is the one where at one point she gets on a motorcycle and then rides the motorcycle out of the lab where she's supposed to be staying into space and then combines it with Sheon's mech to turn it into a super mech. Pretty sure that happens in 2. And that part's pretty sick.
1: That sounds about right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Alright, I'm
3: done. <laughs>
0: Alright, how about you, Kim?
3: Uh, I have been playing... I've been... I like to bounce around visual novels a lot so i've been like dipping my toes in like a bunch of different ones uh i think the one i'm like most in so far is like the flowers series of visual novel there's like it's a series of 4 volumes and it's like they're organized by like uh the first one's spring second one's summer third one's autumn fourth one's winter i'm on the third one right now and they're just very like low stakes like yuri romance like visual novels with like some mysteries thrown in, there's like a big overarching mystery now that's slowly getting solved across all the games, but each one focuses on like a different girl and like different routes she can have with her classmates and it's cute, it's just cute and pleasant. I like it a lot. Ah, huh, yeah, that sounds all right uh and other than that, I've been just uh playing a lot of Library of Runa and just like achievement how to get try to get everything in that game. It, 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 it's just, a, it's a, like, card, like deck builder with, like, a plot. It's not a roguelike or anything. You just, like, build up a deck of characters and try and murder people to fill a library with magical books. Shout out to Roland. Shout out to Roland, <laughs> my guy.
2: Guy who, guy who's, I, I only played a little bit of Library of Ruina before it started destroying my laptop, but... Shout out to a guy who stumbles into a mysterious library, gets brutally murdered by a woman, and then goes, "Yeah, I'll be your gopher." <laughs> she put him back together. What else? What else could he do? She put him back together better than he was before.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played a little bit of that on Game Pass. Um, I think the part where it just explained its whole interface right off the top. Oh. Kind of overwhelming.
3: The tutorial is horrible. Like, honestly, what I did was, like, try and read, like, two pages. And I was like, okay, my eyes are glazing over. I'm just going to figure this out. And then I very slowly figured it out. But it's really fun once you, like, get the flow of it. And there's, like, a bunch of weird mechanics they introduce with, like, different librarians and different, like, SCPs taking over your soul. It's like, oh, yeah, gaming.
0: Yeah, I ended up uh, actually buying it on Steam during the summer sale recently, so I definitely plan on returning to it. Just need to put some time. I I think it's a lot of fun. And as for myself, I've been jumping between an alright game and a not alright game, I guess. (laughs) The not alright one is... I got into my head that I should play Dragon Age Inquisition finally because Journal Updated's playing it. And, uh, yeah, that game. It has some interesting moments to it, but also its quest design is somewhat miserable. Like, that's the game where everyone talks about how, oh, yeah, you should just get out of the starting area as fast as possible because, like, a decent portion of players never end up leaving the hinterlands. And, uh,. End up getting stuck doing a bunch of quests so boring that uh, they quit the game entirely. Um, there is some stuff that some cool stuff you get to see after that, but yeah, that's a really rough hurdle, and that's the reason why I I dropped it uh, back when it came out.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever finished that game. It's just like overflowing with busy work,
0: pretty much. And like, there are some really cool characters you meet later, like. Uh, I finally got to the point where you meet Cole, who is this... uh, I love Cole. Yeah, he's like this not-ghost, not-demon person who can, like, appear and disappear whenever he wants and even make people forget about him when he's not around. Um, Incredibly empathetic person, just uh, always pushes you to try and uh, save people when you can, because he wants to save people when he can. And uh, cool hanging out with him. Um, not so much Sarah. Sarah is <laughs> six you sound familiar with Sarah.
1: Yeah, I mean I I played a fair bit of that back. I I my oldest sister doesn't play that many games anymore, but she's a big fan of Dragon Age, and she has over the years, numerous times been like, no, seriously, you need to finish Inquisition. And I keep trying and I can't fucking do it. Um and I don't want to say that at one run, Sarah was the reason why, but I think she was maybe half of it because she's just an obnoxious lady who talks about stealing people's underwear nonstop.
0: Yeah, like the meeting you have with her right off the the bat is her talking about stealing the guards' pantaloons, and then once you recruit her, um, immediately after that, I ended up bringing in the Mage Guild, and she's immediately like, Why'd you bring those freaks over here? And as soon as she said that, I was like, okay, you're just gonna stay in this little tavern area for the rest of the game.
1: Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but didn't didn't you like the fucking scavenger hunt she sent you on to recruit her? Wasn't that fun?
0: Uh, I just... <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even really think about that too much just because it was just another list of busy work things that are there. Um... And yeah, it's, it's a shame that so much of that game is just, hey, here's the thing someone told you about, go find three or five of them, and then the plot moves forward. Not a fan of that. I'm
2: still, I'm still kind of reeling about how, like, the villain of Inquisition is a guy who was introduced in DLC for Dragon Age 2, the game that most people hated. Like, he shows up in, the like, the guy shows up in Inquisition, and he shows up in the way that, like, a guy you're supposed to know about shows up, and I never played Dragon Age 2, so I remember sitting in my college dorm room being like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, and I had to, like, look him up
0: on Wikipedia to figure out who he was. That and... was me when they introduced Hawk they were just like, I got... You. I'm gonna introduce you to someone important, and then the heroic music plays when Hawk trots out, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't know who this I mean, is. Okay, you,
1: you should have known who that one is. Yeah, oh, actually, I think, oh, I
2: that, think that's, that's different. A, that's that's a protagonist. the protagonist. <laughs> that's the protagonist of the second game.
1: That's the person who is in all their fucking CG trailers with the blood across the nose. You should have known that one, Jen. I guess that's
0: fair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I do love. I do love
2: when your guy or when like a guy from the previous you know a guy in your party from the previous game comes back to kind of to like be your ally or even be in your party in the second game that's Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite like rpg series tropes
1: i think the best like one of my favorite moments of inquisition and i guess this might be a spoiler for jen i don't know if you've seen this but it's just a conversation that happens it's like two dragon age two is all this frame story of uh this like you know, bard, like you know, affable dwarf guy named Varric... being interrogated by this inquisitor named Cassandra about, like, hey, where's Hawk? What the fuck is going on? Where's Hawk? Batman voice, where's Hawk? Um, and he stonewalls her and is like, I don't know, I don't know where, I don't know where she is, or you know, he if you're stupid. But um, and then in uh, fucking Inquisition, there's the, they're both in your party or they're they're recruitable anyway. And you find Hawk, and Cassandra's like, what the fuck? You knew where Hawk was? Why didn't you tell me? And he's like, because you're a fucking cop. Are you an idiot? Of course I didn't tell you. And I enjoyed that conversation.
2: I liked it. Varric and Cassandra one of the few Inquisition Party members I like. Um, I really like the quest where Cassandra is secretly a fan of Varric's crime novels. Mm-hmm and she's like she's trying to get an advance copy but she would die if she admit that she actually cared so she's like trying to come up with a good excuse to get you to do it it's very cute <laughs> you can threaten to spoil her and she gets really like no please god please. that part sounds all right that's cute i like cassandra even though she's a classic like bioware bi- straight butch you know
1: well the, th- the thing is like you're right but it works for me because she comes across as a person who's just too fucking like fundamentalist christian to admit she's gay <laughs> which is sad but it's also just who that character is uh, that's
2: something i could see if they didn't have like a multi-decade history of making characters who are exactly
0: like this
1: fair fair yep
0: and aside from Dragon Age, I've been diving into Uberkill, the Calumination games, um, which is a, another death game visual novel, um, except this one has a weird twist to it, where it is simultaneously a visual novel where you're solving puzzles and advancing the plot, and a shoot 'em up Like, uh, it gets to the point where all, all the characters get to a point where they're getting questioned by another character and it pops into like an ikaruga ass uh shmup complete with bullet hell projectiles and stuff like that it's it's a weird mix and i wouldn't say it always works but it does make it kind of interesting um like uh you can kind of set it to easy so the if you're not good at bullet hells, you can get through that part but uh yeah, it's, it's been pretty engaging. The one thing that's kind of been bothering me about it is that, like, um, there's a... Even though, like, the stakes are pretty dire, like, all the characters are, like, grouped up in groups of two. One is a prisoner, the other is an executioner. The executioner has a kill button with them and can just kill the prisoner anytime they please. But the two of them are supposedly trying to get to a goal together. Um, it doesn't quite get to that same level of um, tension that you would expect from something like Danganronpa or 999. It just, uh, it feels kind of flat sometimes, which is a shame because, like, the person who wrote this is the same author behind Kakigurui, and you don't get that same devil-may-care intense energy from the characters that you get from Kakigurui. You see a little bit of that, starting in chapter 3, but that's like 7 or 8 hours into the game and it'd be great if they showed some of that a little earlier. Since I've gone through like 3 different pairs of uh, prisoner slash executioner by now.
1: Alright, well I don't know what to say about that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's, it's one of those games that kind of just Released this month. I think most people aren't aware it even exists, so it's whatever. I'll still play through it. It's just, uh, I would not be in a hurry to recommend it to people. Though if people enjoy death games, they'll probably get a kick out of this one.
4: all right Good
0: Yeah. Okay. And with that, we're gonna hop into the reason we're here today. Um, We're going to be talking about A.I. The Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, which is uh, released last month and it is the sequel to A.I. The Somnium Files. Written by a, actually, I don't know, have we ever covered an Uchikoshi game on here before? Like a game written by Kotari Uchikoshi?
1: Uh, no, I think you and I have done a, an episode on Zero Time Dilemma way back in the day, but that wasn't that was before Novel Not New. So,
0: right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure we've talked around Uchikoshi's work on this podcast before, but uh, he has a very specific style of writing, and uh, for better or for worse, his voice comes through pretty clearly in all of his games let's see all right you fucking (laughs) summarize. you fucking summarize yeah um i've been dancing around that because the thing is this is a incredibly hard game to summarize i've written 544 words here and uh, okay
1: jen then stop you you lose um okay (laughs) this is a sequel to the first no i haven't written a thing i'm just gonna be broad because that's what you do in this situation jen this yep. is a sequel to AI The Somnium Files. However, we have uh, two new stars. We have Mizuki from the first game, who's now grown up a little bit. Now she's an agent, a detective working for Abyss, which is a special uh, division of the cops. And there's also Ryuki. They're both trying to t- track down the the secret behind the half-body killings, which is a series of killings where people's bodies are cut in half. Um, and uh, along the way, they find out there's a bunch of weird shit going on, and then they solve it. <laughs>
2: Okay, so it's, it's... <laughs> okay,
1: okay, uh, okay. Get get ready, get ready. Uh, you're you're next, Kim. After after Olivia oh. tries.
2: Okay, so when the game starts off, you are an 18 year old Mizuki date, um, who you know, uh, who's just been something fucking exploded outside my window. <laughs> are you okay? I'm okay? Um, okay. Okay. So yeah, so. Uh, Uh, so half of a man's body has shown up in the stadium um, uh, with a time of death of like yesterday um, which is weird because half of this guy's body previously fell into the middle of a TV studio uh, six years ago uh, which Mizuki witnessed so she goes and gets Ryuki who is another Abyss agent as Six said Um, Ryuki is fucked up because of what happened six years ago which after which he tells Mizuki about so you play through a section as Ryuki in the past which culminates in a another explosion funnily <laughs> enough uh which involves you know a collapsing cathedral rocks falling everywhere one of Mizuki's friends is paralyzed from the waist down and Dante, the protagonist of the first game disappears and they're unable to catch the killer um after that section, you play as Mizuki in the present as she investigates, um, as she investigates the killings and tries to figure out who, you know, who's the culprit behind the cases. Mizuki, through a few routes, eventually learns number one that one of the victims of the ki- of the killings is uh, is the half body killer himself, a man named Uru Somazaki, who was kidnapped at age six uh, and medically experimented on. In order to uh, fix the medical condition of one of the other victims of the case um, at the behest of his parents, who are also victims of the killer. Um, So you end up in this weird place where if the killer has been has been killed in the half body serial killings, then who's the killer? Uh, the other big thing Mizuki finds out is that there's a mysterious masked woman who both she and Ryuki have interacted with uh, who's investigating the case and been trying to get Mizuki to stay out of it. Uh, that The woman's mask falls off and she turns out to look exactly like Mizuki. Um, it turns out that Mizuki's super strength which is just sort of a funny, hot, like a funny kind of magical realist thing in the first game, uh, is actually the result of genetic engineering, and she is a clone of this masked woman, who is not quite the original Mizuki. It seems like there was sort of a line of clones, um, and so the Mizuki in the mask is like the second generation, and I think our Mizuki is the third. It's a little, it's a little fuzzy, but
1: does that make her Nizuki? Mizuki Mizuki and Sanzuki.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. So at this point, the game totally zooms out, and one of the characters addresses you directly, the player, to tell you that actually the timeline of the events was a huge lie for some reason. And while you thought that you were playing as Ryuki in the past and Mizuki in the present, actually some of the Ryuki sections were in the present... And some of the Mizuki sections were in the past because you weren't playing Mizuki; you were playing
1: Mizuki. <laughs> Mizuki.
2: She gets called. I win. <laughs> Eventually, she
1: starts getting called BB. I'm just going to call her BB. You got to call her Nene. It's so much better. It's actually a name, and it makes sense.
2: Oh yeah, I guess that does make sense. Nene.
1: I'm going to call. I played. They say in Japanese. I played the English dub. She's BB now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um,
2: yeah. So when you thought you were playing <laughs> baby. When you thought you were playing uh, musicy entirely in the present, parts of those were actually BB in the past. Um, and there's a whole bunch of fucking contrivances to try to make this thing make any sense. And none of it matters because none of the other characters are... None of the characters in the VN are actually thinking this is how things are going. So it doesn't matter. You just zoom back into everybody. They're all together. Dante's back. They gotta find out who's been doing the murders. So they basically just go to the most suspicious person they know. Uh, um, one of music's friends, who turns out to have been the killer, um, but then uh, because this game needs an action climax for some reason, uh, the secret society Nirvana Initiative thing, which is basically just a plan to unleash COVID three on the world,
1: um, <laughs> CRISPR COVID. <laughs> what? CRISPR COVID.
2: Yeah, uh, by a big rocket. Uh, it's- it's gonna take place today, so the Avengers have to go to the stadium and have an action set piece where we think Ryuki dies, and Mizuki and BB shoot themselves into fucking space to blow up the rocket, uh, which they do, so they stop the- they stop the Nirvana initiative, um, everything's fine, the villains whose motivations we never knew because they were dead- Uh, are just gone now, and then you do an epilogue where you find out that actually Ryuki survived, and then they have a dance number, just like the first game, except it's not as good. Because what was good about the dance number in the first game is that it came out of fucking nowhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and this time you're just waiting
2: for it to happen. (laughs) And also, and in the second game, Mizuki's verse is about how she can't get a boyfriend instead of about how she could beat up everybody else in the dance number, which I think is sort of... uh, a microcosm of my problems with music he's writing in this game.
4: Mm-hmm. All right, Kim,
1: your turn.
3: Oh, I'm I'm sweating. Uh, I did it. I did it. Yeah, I feel like Olivia did a pretty good job.
2: Yeah, like, I could go um, back and explain you, who fucking like Gen is, but
4: if yeah.
3: You, <laughs> if, if, if you if you click on potted plants, uh, Iba gives you bug facts. That's so true. That's the most important part.
0: Aiba <laughs> uh, remains the best part of this game.
3: <laughs> She's really the uh, hero
2: of it all. She's like the only returning character who doesn't get fucking butchered by the yeah. twist. Yeah. Even though she gets a little bit butchered by the twist cuz there's that whole uh-huh. there's that whole thing where half the time it's I actually Aiba in the past hanging out with BB and then she gets randomly shorted out so she has no memories of hanging out with BB so she
0: wouldn't ruin the twist. Mhm.
1: Uh-huh. Mhm.
2: Uh-huh. All right. They
0: also give an origin story for Date's whole power up situation. <laughs> oh yeah, god. That, that's funny though. Yeah, it's it's much it's so much. It's so outlandish just to hear, like, "Oh yeah, this white rattlesnake bit me while I was looking at a porno mag, and An now my body thanatos combined in my brain, <laughs> <laughs> and now my body has a fight or flight fear, whatever. I'm looking at a porno mag, and I've just decided to keep looking at porno mags because why not embrace it? <laughs> because humans exist to challenge themselves, Jen." <laughs> Um,
1: It's really good
0: when
2: he's getting beaten up in the Gen costume by all the cops, and so they throw a porno mag in front of him, and then he gets the DBZ power-up effect, Uh yells porno mag power, and chokes out
0: a cop. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. The bit afterward where he's just still in the Gen costume but has the helmet off is the funniest thing ever. (laughs) Such a weird look.
2: I did take a screenshot of Musuki looking at that and saying, what the fuck? (laughs) (sighs) <laughs> <sighs> uh, I don't even know where to start with this game, honestly. <laughs> okay, like well, we could, so its kind of all I, over the place. I want to—I want to talk up. about the timeline twist. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, can, can I? But still, as basic setup, can I establish you three played the first game and I didn't? Yeah. Yes. Um, and I don't feel like I was hurting for anything.
2: Yeah, because the game I definitely
1: I, don't want to play the first one now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the first one's better. Yeah, this is what I like this is maybe the way to start. Because because this game this game is so purposefully written to be a game that you can just jump in to if you didn't play the first one. Extremely to its detriment, I think, because it doesn't pay off any of the character relationships that you liked from the first game. Um there's basically no development on anybody, like, in anybody's area in that way. Which sucked, because the good thing about the first game was the cast of characters. Like, you you want to see these weirdos keep interacting with each other, but because you're playing as a completely different fucking person for three-fourths of the game, whether you're playing as Ryuki or Bibi... Mizuki just, like, can't interact with the cast of people that she knows. Um, And it it sucks. It sucks a lot of the life out of things. I hate that Date is missing for six fucking
0: years. Yeah, and it also just leads to baffling fucking choices like... Six, um, since you hadn't played the first one, you may not be aware of this, but... uh, Date is wearing a rubber mask for this whole game...
1: Like I did actually know that, but that's because I mentioned this game to my sister, who watches a lot of visual novels LPs, and she took one lack of it, and she was like, why is he still wearing the fucking mask? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah,
0: like, specifically, at, at the end of the original game, he regained his former identity as Falco, and uh, it seemed like he was just gonna be like that, but since they had to make a sequel where the first game did not matter, um... There's just a throwaway line if... So, so this game has a thing at the very beginning where it straight up says, do you... Are we Are we good? Can we spoil the first game here? And what that means is they occasionally have lines like Date being like, oh yeah, no, I just decided to start wearing a mask that makes me look exactly like my other self in this because it chicks dig it or something. <laughs>
2: Which is weird. I think the most important Mm -hmm. chick in his life would not dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably probably every woman in Dante's life has been menaced or, like, directly shot by a guy who has the face that Dante has right now. Which is weird to me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. It's all just a simulation. Don't think too hard about it.
2: Yeah, okay. (sighs) So I, I do want to talk about this timeline twist more in depth. because um, I really think this is where a lot of my shit with this game comes in. Like, it's just so... It's really fucking stupid as a as a twist. Like, absurdly. It is... The fact that it has to be revealed completely out of, like, the narrative by a character breaking the fourth wall and talking to you as a player to reveal that actually for no reason the game was lying to you about when events took place is, I think, should have been your first clue as the creators of this <laughs> game that you had stepped down the wrong path, you know?
0: Yeah, because that knowledge doesn't really affect anything happening. Like, it's mm-hmm. it it basically positions the previous events as, like, the fact that they're being out of order in the first place was merely there to mislead you, the player, into thinking, okay, all these other people who also had their bodies cut had their other halves appear six years later as well when it turns out only Uru slash Jin had that happen. And that only happened because they're two different people.
3: Uh, Yeah, no, like the the first game tried to do, had like a similar thing where it's like, oh, all of these like timelines ended up like coalescing in that somehow the knowledge was like transported like to Date across different timelines and he like managed to use the sum of that knowledge to unlock like new paths and stuff. And that's like it's it has like alongside just like actually like helping the story progress, it doesn't just exist purely in the in a screen where you can see the timelines switch and oh now it's a Helix. And yeah.
2: Yeah, the timeline stuff in the first game is like, uh, is a weird part of the story that's never quite explained, but... No. You know, maybe you find it weird, maybe you find it unnecessary, maybe you find it kind of interesting. This is just like, the the writers of the game lie to you, and then reveal that they were lying to you, and like, kind of go like, ooh, aren't we fucking clever? It's like... Again, like, I guess?
1: I feel like that's the deal when you got Uchikoshi, though. I mean, he's been doing this for decades now like i don't want to spoil these games for people but if you haven't played zero time dilemma dilemma or virtues last rewards it is like straight up like those are games that are positioned as mysteries and they are not mysteries because you are like the fundamental structure of the story is bullshit and they are withholding basic information from you uh, the idea that you would be able to, st- to puzzle out what's going on in those games, unless you're just like, you know, like making wild guesses based on literally nothing, unless you're like LOL bacon random just saying words, you would never guess the twist of those games because they're nonsense. And this just feels like the same fucking shit to me. I I feel like th- my, my, my big th- theory of all this is that 999 was a fucking fantastic game, but the way that twist was received convinced Uchikoshi he needs to lean harder and harder into twists, and everything he's done with that since has fucking sucked.
2: Well, the first. I'm not
1: saying all of his games has necessarily fucking sucked, but every time he's leaned into the twists, it's been a bad idea. Yeah,
2: and the first game was not like this. Like, the twist. The twist in the first game, just to like spell it out explicitly, and I, I'm sure you sound like you literally said you don't want to play the first game six. So, um, yeah, you're good. Yeah. So the the twist, the big twist in the first game is that if you if you sing for someone for more than six minutes, you stand the pos like you will swap bodies with them. Um, oh,
1: is that why they keep fucking?
2: Yeah, that's why they this. keep hammering okay. the six minutes thing. So that is the twist. And when you learn that, you know, number one, it unlocks for you, like, Dante's entire backstory. You know, it's the motivation of the killer, because the killer accidentally swapped bodies with Dante. And his entire, his 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 life goal right now is to get his original body back and then kill Dante. So it unlocks the killer's motivation. Um it throws it like allows you to look at the events of different routes in a new light because you can see how one person can be a killer even with all of these different people dying in different routes you know um so it it and it also means something for date's relationships because now you understand you know if he was falco his backstory with iris and hitomi and even his relationship to boss and it So it recontextualizes the plot and the characters and helps, like, the story come to a conclusion. And there's just none of that with the timeline twist. You literally just go back to the group of characters who are like, okay. Like, they don't even know that that happened. They just keep theorizing about a mystery. um, Which is now different than you had thought. uh, But it doesn't mean anything. Because like I said when I was summarizing, they just go to the most suspicious person they know. Like, the person who's been fucked up about doing something awful the entire game. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, she did something awful.
0: <laughs> yep. Just dragged Uru into the. Um. It just ended up killing him and then dragging his body into the gigantic body cutting machine that's in, at the bottom of this fucking medical institute. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I I actually I actually didn't mind that section with Amame. Like they kind of got me back. I like the I liked the sketch of her, her situation and her her struggles in that. But then they find out that she killed Uru, um and then, like, was blackmailed by Tokiko into, you know, placing her body in certain places after she took her own life. But then they literally just run to the stadium to have a fucking, like, MCU battle with a bunch of mooks. And they don't, they don't sit with it at all.
0: Yeah. And, like, as you kind of got into with the first game, like, the first game knows how to keep the stakes somewhat limited in a way that gets you invested. Like, it... The fact that it is basically this serial killer's grudge and just watching him, like, act out because of it. Like, that that's an interesting story. What's happening here is that um, the leader of Nizet Laws, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but <laughs> Tokiko um, ends up, uh, her belief is that uh, this world is a simulation and... With Uru, she plots to basically make people go crazy and uh, more or less sequence break the world. <laughs> she talks at length about how, you know, these game testers, they run up against the same wall 10 times, and the 11th time they try it, they go through the wall. And that's just a how people throughout history have achieved moksha. So we're going to achieve moksha and cause everyone to... Ascend at the same time by giving them this drug that makes them jump off buildings, run into walls, crash their cars, and uh, just do wild things.
1: But don't worry, she's right.
4: Yeah, this yeah. is the fucking yeah. awful part of
2: this game! Don't, this you think, the f- don't you think that video game characters talking about how the world is a simulation is, like, the most interesting thing ever? Because Kotaro Uchikoshi definitely does. I think it's more interesting
1: it. than anything else he presents in this fucking game.
2: <laughs> well, that's because he didn't get in. That's because he didn't recreate any of the good parts from the first game.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, there's like a single interesting thing about the secret ending, where like, so at the end of that game, at the end of the story, uh, Tokiko's hologram tells <laughs> her re- hologram that she recorded six years ago gives uh, BB and Mizuki a no number. And after beating the game, if you happen to go back to that specific uh, chapter where Tokiko directly asks, um... You.
2: Yeah. It's it's you, the player, when she says, okay, give me the nil number, please.
0: Yeah, and once you do that, um, Ryuki is suddenly, like, the game world basically breaks in a way that, like, it's like someone turned on noclip in the game. So you just yeah, walk uh, through the walls.
3: Ryuki's had like this, like, he has like a reoccurring thing of, oh, like the world will turn all glitchy and he'll start speaking and just like gibberish and like everything like just becomes like unreadable and un, like, explainable. Mm-hmm. And for a while, like uh, Tama and everyone else is like, oh, like Ryuki, you're, ju- you- you're just like mentally ill. You're just like actually sick and need to like rest and not think about this anymore. But then, oh, no, he can actually just like walk through a wall. Like he, he figured it out.
1: Well, but yeah. he is also mentally ill.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it's because he's mentally ill he can walk through a wall.
0: Yeah, it, 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 you basically, as the player, address Tokiko, and she's like, "Thank you. The fact that you figured all this out means that my trick worked, and you proved that it was a simulation after all. By the way, I will give you the option to reveal all of this to Ryuki, and just so you know, things will change. So it may not be that good, but here is something you can do." And you go back, you tell Ryuki everything that happened, and Ryuki stops the killings prematurely and suddenly everything is all hunky-dory except for the fact that Mizuki, BB, and Ryuki instinctively know like, they had lived through the events six years into the future and feel very fucking weird about it. And then Tokiko just appears on the billboard, does her little hand gesture, and the game ends.
3: Yeah, they really do have a thing where it's like, oh, all of these, like, central characters can actually, like, feel something's off with this timeline, and then, like, the dance
0: sequence starts, and it's like, alright, well, okay. Yep. Wait, uh, I think the dance sequence only happens in, like, Oh, wait, no, 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 sorry,
3: yeah, no, the game just ends in that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I got the endings mixed up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Tokiko says something about, like, oh, maybe now the world is unstable because you blah, d- 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 blah, 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 blah. Goodbye. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I just can't... I, I just... I still can't get over how in the stupid Avengers finale at the end of the game... Yes, Like, oh, both of the principal characters who organize those events are dead. Like,
3: they... They keep having like a billboard light up, and it's like, oh, you were getting bored of just fighting those mooks from before, right? Well, don't worry, we've changed their color palettes. Like they just say that, and it's like, god damn it! Like, what's the point of any of this?
2: Like the the killer recorded a videotape that happens to like accurately predict everything that goes on.
1: Um... I mean, he predicted like fifty videotapes. I mean, like that they could have actually, you know, they were trying to make it dramatic, so they c- clearly couldn't have this comedy beat, but. You could have actually done it in a way that was fun, where you have it like, well, if you're seeing this tape, then it started raining while we were fighting, and
0: <laughs> they already do that though with the whole pellet swap thing.
1: <laughs> they they do that, but not in a way that's interesting. It's just like it, in the fucking Dragon Guard Three way of yeah, isn't what we're doing fucking miserable? Isn't this shit design like yeah, good job.
0: It's a shame because like some of the new characters they introduce in this game are. Legitimately great, like, the time you spend with Ryuki and Tama, like- I love him. No, I- okay, here's the thing. You could cut <laughs> Ryuki
3: from this game and it wouldn't matter. No, completely, completely. No, I like- I like him. I like him.
2: He's- he's just a character who contributes nothing to this story. and no. it, And it really annoys me, because- <laughs> Like, the whole game was sold to me on the idea that, like, oh, now Mizuki is the protagonist. Except they write this game so that you're only playing as Mizuki for one-fourth of the total playtime, and she doesn't get to talk to anybody.
3: Mm.
1: I'm I'm definitely with Olivia.
3: Yeah. Uh, there's so many, like, Somniums in the past where you, like, it is just so like, locked in, because you aren't allowed to know anything as Ryuki, because Ryuki's mm-hmm. not allowed to solve anything, he's just supposed to be sad about it for six years, Yeah, and it's just like, so many of the Somniums in this game are just so much, like, more boring and less interesting than anything from the first ones, and there's, like a handful of fun ones, but, like mm-hmm. it's just so boring to just walk through a set path, even if there's, like, fun animation sometimes
2: I, I had to do Tokyo's Somnium over from the beginning again, and it was fucking miserable <laughs> Ugh, like the parts the parts where you have to swim down into just like a God, corridor for like water. 20 seconds. Yeah. F-
1: fucking miserable. I was uh there was a a point in our in our prep where Jen and I had a miscommunication and I thought I had a lot more left to go in this game than I did because basically uh I mentioned where I was in the flow chart basically. And then uh, a moment later, Jen said, oh, that flowchart. And I was like, oh, God, is there a flowchart of flowcharts? Am I 5% into this fucking game? Um, No, (laughs) there is not. Um, She just met the Helix rearrangement. It's fine. Uh uh But because of this, I was really cramming for a while there. And there was a point where I was like, it was like 1130 at night. And I don't normally go to bed at midnight. But I was like, it's okay, I can stay up longer. And I got into Leon's Somnium, and I load in, and it's like, and, and uh. Ibo, Ibo's like, we can fly in here. And I just hit, I turned off the power, I dropped the <laughs> switch on my bed, I said, I don't want to fucking fly!
2: <laughs> uh. Don't you get it? He's a lockpick, so the Somnium is lock-themed. <laughs> It's so bad.
3: He's he's so nothing. Leon
2: is a character who exists like exists to solve a problem that just didn't exist in the first game. Like, how are the characters gonna get into locked doors? Mizuki has super strength. Mizuki could just pull
3: off a fucking door. <laughs> yeah, like it's so easy.
1: But how are you gonna pull off the door when there are like seven locks on it? Just
3: grab the lock. <laughs> <Mizuki> <laughs> yeah, kick can the, the just locks just off grab there, and twist. There, there, there's one, yeah, there's one door where it's like, oh my god, Mizuki, these locks are especially made so you can't open them. And she's like, oh, this sucks.
0: If only I knew a guy that could pick locks. And it's like, oh, god
4: damn
0: <sighs> During his big action scene, they give him a gigantic fucking key. Like, that is
4: his oh, entire god. identity. Well, and
1: his, also his entire fucking somnium is Kingdom Hearts. He has the key in the sky. Yeah, He's unlocking uh-huh. it to get the fucking gummy roads. Like... <laughs>
2: Also, I think his romance with Kizuna sucks ass. It's fucking blows. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. Jen, you it's mentioned nothing. this. You mentioned this, but this game is obsessed with the idea of like an older like an a significantly older man falling in love with a high school girl. This happens yeah, like, it is, This happens three it's, three it's times? Awful. Yes. It's oh, God yeah. Do we count it, do we count Ryuki making sex jokes
0: about Iris?
2: Cause he does no
0: uh, wait. Wait, he does is that him doing it or is it Tama? Because I feel like Tama is the one who keeps making sex jokes. He has
2: that actually funny part where he's like, Iris is sitting on a chair and I have no further commentary. <laughs> Without a hint of lecherous intent. I am looking at Iris sitting on a chair.
1: Uh,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just it's the same bit that you get from uh from Ibo with the secretary, but that one's way better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. oh happy did you get the secret ending with ryuki and um, the secretary uh-huh.
2: yeah <laughs> no because there's an ex- there's an ending in the first game that's exactly the same with Dante and the secretary so i'm not yeah. gonna go for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> true but yeah there's there's like because there's gen and amame there's lian and kizuna and then there's for some reason Uru and, and amame Like, no, this this is just something that is thrown out at, like, the end of the game. Like, why would this guy who did a bunch of serial killings and then nothing for six years randomly invite, like, a a young woman over to his fucking murder basement where he explains his entire plot to her? And somebody goes, uh, maybe he had a crush on her.
0: And Uru also has that whole mom complex, too. Like, they get into how (laughs) he basically fell in love with his adopted mother and it's it this game just glosses through a bunch of really uncomfortable shit like the like in the back half there's a lot of stuff focusing on chikara horidori um this awful little gremlin motherfucker who essentially tortured and essentially murdered a bunch of small children like Built devices to break their arms Yeah, like regularly broke musuki and Bibi's bones
2: While Bibi was 6 and Mizuki was 3
0: You know? Uh
2: huh
0: Yeah, it's just Intense fucking horrifying stuff And it's all coming from the guy who Like 15 hours earlier He was just doing this comedy bit Where you're just driving a jaguar Through his uh, Somnium and he's doing a little dance in a Helux structure being like, success, my experiment has improved.
1: It's you, uh, you combined the the race car driver with the archaeologist, so now you're Indiana Jones.
3: Yeah. The names in this game are just so uninspired. It's just I liked I like the Pokemon
2: Go one and the Chef one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And Uru's Somnium was maybe the one time that I didn't feel like the puzzles were that annoying, because I could just figure them out. Um,
3: mm-hmm. There, There's a... There, it was really weird, because there's... I don't remember which Somnium it was, but, like, near the end of the game, like, one of the last ones you do, like, Iva and, like, Iris just, like, stop letting you play around in the Somnium, where it's just like, oh, you can... You have, like, a funny option, and, and like, Iva's just like, that's not the, There's not the time for this. We have to, like, do this. And it's like, I... What's different? Like, I don't understand what changed all of a sudden. Things have been serious for a minute, but they just don't let you, like, actually play out the funny options. And it's like, well, that's, like, the big appeal of a lot of these, like, very straightforward Zomneems to me. And I just, ha, it was annoying.
0: Yeah. For for Mamas in particular, they just railroad you into, like, around a, around after you finish the first third of it. And it introduces some unique mechanics where you can collect evidence and basically break through her lies like that. But at some point, she just takes you to a white void and is like, here's how a situation in my life played out. Do you think I did the smart thing or the dumb thing? And each time it's going to be the dumb thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And if you choose, if you choose wrong, like the game will just circle back to the, to, the, to the choice within like 30 seconds of dialogue. So it's like, mm-hmm. why am I choosing? Uh-huh.
1: Well, you see, it's because you were asked these questions earlier in her previous Somnium, and wow, now they've been recontextualized in a twisted and dark way. I don't like this game very much, by the way. No. I thought I should mention that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I do think this and the first AI have alright dubs, but there is a situation where... It, it's deeply weird when you know some of the voices from other things, because, like, the person who plays Gen in this is, uh, Prozd. Um, the person who does all the videos about Lysanderoth and stuff like that on Vine. Mm-hmm. And
1: no one says Prozd. Jesus Christ, Jennifer. It's, yeah. Pro-ZD. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's prozd. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and you're just hearing him talk about how much he loves this high schooler, and it's like, oh... <laughs> they and... they really just like really like belabor, like the
3: oh he's like a dad to her for so long then oh finale of his route it's like up oh, feelings and it's like god damn it well they were I like...
1: extremely am not a dad to her no like, okay, no thanks. they they
3: do okay like Ryuki makes like one joke like oh maybe maybe Amane is like a thing for dads and it's like uh I, I thought that was so gross. I'm like, okay, that's just like a grody one-off joke. But no, it, they bring it, they come back to it. Wow. And it's also this thing where like, oh, he's disfigured.
2: So isn't he like a fucking monster that like everyone spits on constantly? Except for one Ugh. beautiful high school girl who just thinks he's swell. And isn't that great? Oh, but what if she did a murder? And so she had to go to jail.
0: It. This story thinks it's doing the elephant man, but it is not doing the elephant man. <laughs> It're, like, this whole time, Gen is treated as something of a comic character because he's wearing this ridiculous mask the whole time that is both creepy and just very silly. And, uh, yeah. Also, in terms of, like, weird voice actor recognition, uh, the person who plays Kizuna, um, in the dub is, uh, she goes by Amalie online or Lian Lee, and, uh, her whole thing is just covering, um, japanese anime songs in english so i can kind of get how they heard her. it was like okay yeah we have some songs that we're going to translate into english for this we need to get someone who can sing them but uh her delivery is just incredibly flat for the most part like yeah they have a, her... uh, they're, they're trying
2: to do something with with Keizuna's, like speech style um and it just doesn't really come off to me you know like you can just tell that there's that she speaks a little weirdly, but I don't understand really what the through line is. Um, or like, why? <laughs> you know, it doesn't inform her character, okay. really. It felt very weird. Also yeah. with her, they're doing another disability romance thing where it's like, oh, I use a wheelchair. Doesn't this mean I'm pitiable and like fundamentally unlovable? How could a man ever love me, a woman in a wheelchair?
1: And then, no, you don't understand. <sighs> Leon's the perfect man who transcends all prejudice, and he loves you despite you being... And it's like, okay.
2: it's She's cool. like, you feel guilty about me being in a wheelchair, and you take responsibility for it, and that's why you hang out with me. And Leon's answer is just like, yes, but I'm also horny.
1: <laughs> His answer is <laughs> yes, yes, no.
2: <laughs> like, uh. he, he does feel guilty, and it's not... he. Like, he objectively does feel guilty that he was not yeah. able to, quote-unquote, save her from being disabled. And this is not something that is addressed. Ever.
0: Yeah, like, the way this game, quote-unquote, addresses it is... Mizuki, at various points, ends up uh, running into Kizuna and um, Leon as they're getting into another fight. I think they have, like, two or three different fights about this exact topic. Mm-hmm. And she goes... No, hey, remember six years ago? And then suddenly everything's okay until- Remember six years ago when you were hanging out with your friends
2: and then a grown-ass man, like, approached you and proposed to you on the spot because he heard you sing good? Yeah, god. Isn't this, like, the- Isn't this, like, a great- (laughs) And then, like, after you said you weren't interested in him romantically, he hung around for six years? Like, isn't this the best basis for a relationship?
3: It's so Damn. romantic when you get worn down over six years.
1: <laughs> uh. Yeah, like, fucking opening the time capsule and she reads hers and it's like, listen, if he's still here after six years, you haven't managed to scare him off. I guess you have to give up.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh. And,
2: fucking, and fucking marry him, too. It's not even like... it's. They literally go from like, Leanne, you should leave me alone and never see me again, to like, well, I guess we're going to elope. Very rarely in these stories Do I ever side with the rich dad Who wants to break up Who wants to break up his daughter's relationship (laughs) Because he hates former felons But
0: Richie Chieda kind of had a point Yeah, the the side stories in this game Are basically Can be best summed up with Straight people are not okay
2: (laughs) I hate
0: every line I hate every
3: line where they nag Musiki about how she can't get a boyfriend. It fucking blows. <sighs> there's also there's also so much stuff where it's just like like in the well not just in the past because of the dumb helix thing, but like it it keeps like playing with the fact that oh, uh this, this other kid, this uh this other kid who's, like, around her age, has a crush on her, and they just, like, drop it completely. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, like, because fine, but it's, like, they're so weird about it while, while they're doing it.
2: Because in order to make the twist work, he has to have, like, an unaging body, and remain <laughs> 12 years old, no matter what, so that, like, it's awful. He won't give away, so that, like, he can be an important character in the story who is talked to by both Ryuki in the present, and... Uh, Mizuki in the past, um, and, like, you won't know that something's up by, like, you know, the fact that he's no longer a 12-year-old, um, yeah, and so his, his whole development just has to, like, stop, and it sucks, because I think, you know, it's, like, cute in the, in the past. Yeah, I think it I think it is legitimately cute when he's like, music is so weird. Ugh what a weird lady. And then like <laughs> see you know, obviously he has a huge crush on her, and then she gives him Valentine's Day chocolate and it breaks his brain. That's like a cute little and, bit. And, <laughs>
1: and then you also get the bit with her like when you investigate the Valentine's chocolate, and it's like, yeah, Mizuki just buys a bag <laughs> of the cheapest chocolate she can and gives it to every boy so yeah, she no. can control them for a day.
3: <laughs> it's so good. She, uh, you can give it to people while you're investigating a crime scene. It's yeah. so funny.
2: Uh-huh. You can give yeah, it to you, give you, you to can give it to
3: me. that weird detective guy, and he's just like, oh, I, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> oh there's... There's moments where you can just x-ray into anyone's vision, like... They stop letting wink you the... do that, like, halfway through. It's so weird. Yeah, and, like, the few times you do it with him, he's just, like, scratching his hair being like, maybe I'll play some Minecraft when I get home. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. He's they, they have, like, these,
3: like, wink, like, sinks or whatever, where you can just, like, get six seconds of someone's brain. But, like, they do just stop letting you do it, like, halfway through the game. I'm like, oh, this is, like, a weird scene. I wonder if I can peek inside Date's head. And it's like, no... You can't, and some of the, so many of them are also like pointless, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so weird. They only give you one when it's like, oh, this random guy in the background gets one, and it's just like him standing there. Mm-hmm.
2: Like by that yeah. by definition, none of them can matter. Um, no. So half the time you'll do it, and it'll just be like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I just wasted six seconds.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The only time it matters is when either. um... Ryuki or Mizuki are saying to their companions, okay, we need to see inside this person's brain because they're hiding some shit.
1: Yeah. It's also kind of annoying because there are ones I wanted to see and didn't get to because mm-hmm. of the order in which I picked dialogue options. And so there yeah. were ones left and I was just like, nope, we're done here. I was like, oh. Scenes will just advance oh, sometimes. Oh, yeah,
3: it like, really, really
2: sucks. I want to complain because this game, this game both does the thing where like, at some points, it will make you do every, exhaust every single dialogue option, even though the person is not telling you anything. And then in some points, you'll hit a random
0: dialogue option, and it'll be like, okay, scene over. Oh, did you want to talk to K- Kagami? Fuck you. <laughs> the wildest one for me for that was like, I was talking to Tokika. She was basically just giving me her various explanations for why this world is a simulation. And suddenly there's just an option that says, that's a nice watch. And that just stops the conversation dead in its tracks, and the little information bulletin at the top is like, In Japan, if you tell someone who isn't wearing a watch, that's a nice watch. They take it to mean you want to stop talking to them. (laughs) It's like, great, I didn't fucking know that. (sighs) (sighs) That, That ticker is maybe... That ticker's also infuriating because, like, this game, despite being, like, 28 to 30 hours long, longer if you're really going through it with a fine tooth comb, like, it takes shortcuts when it's trying to bridge the two different storylines together. So when you have characters who haven't previously hung out at all, and they're suddenly in the same room talking knowledgeably about it, you'll get a little ticker from Iba that says, like, such-and-such and so-and-so such and so were introduced by Mizuki six years ago and while you weren't looking and they're they've slowly become best friends yeah fuck establishing anything through dialogue
1: it is it is a week when they do it that way but i do still like the ticker for the moments where it's like someone mentions like a mountain and then tama's like let me explain the history of this mountain <laughs> that shit's good actually I like
2: the one, there's one in the epilogue where when you go to Hitomi's house and Dante is like fucking doing pet play with her and there's one where Iva's like Hitomi is Mizuki's former middle school teacher Dante is her fucking father they are flirting in front of her please imagine the pain that she feels
1: (laughs) that one is very Uh. good (laughs) (sighs) yeah I mean my favorite thing about this game is I feel like a lot of the presentation stuff for a visual novel is just fucking amazing, right? Like, uh-huh. if you gave this, like, engine and system to talented writers, <laughs> I would really love what <laughs> came out of it. But that's not what happened here.
2: It's why like the first or game. at least
1: they weren't at the top of their game. I don't know.
2: Uh-huh. In the first game, they did this. You know, like they did it
1: I, well. I'll I'll try the first game because the thing is, I I didn't like this game, but I did like playing it. It's just fun to play. You just yeah. this
2: game has like nothing as good as like when when Musiki briefly has to like sync with Date, and you get the whole like you get like after an entire game of them like beating the shit out of each other verbally, you get Musiki being like, "No man, you're my fucking dad." Like I don't. Have I don't have any other adult in my life who cares about me, and that's just like a good emotional beat that the mm-hmm. second game has nothing comparable. The
3: very the very like cons- like core of this game just stops any like actual character relationships from even like, that they- yeah. Date- just disappears for six years, and it's just because he loses his memory again and just like forgets everyone until like oh the game the game's starting again. <laughs> oh, so the game needs back. him, <laughs> and and then he and Mizuki like. He's like, hi, Mizuki. And Mizuki's like, oh, hi, Date. And she's like, does like a little smile. And I was like, wow, you're happy to see him again, huh? And that's it. That's it. And, and it, they, it's so fucking infuriating. They
2: call back to Mizuki's line from the first game, where she says, like, there's like a line in the first game that's emotionally important because somebody asks, like, Mizuki is basically asked what family means to her. Um, and the answer she gives is like, it's someone who, when you say, like, you know in the japanese thing like when you say i'm home they say welcome home and that's like what you naturally say to each other mm-hmm. and then that's what she and dante do and that, that's the only person she does that that's to. it and in the second game when dante returns they call that back as a joke uh huh it's awful like musiki didn't want to say welcome home to dante what she wanted to say was i deleted your cuckoldry videos it's <sighs> which i guess which is like The cuckoldry thing, like, the I deleted your cuckoldry videos is, like, funny, I guess, but it's not worth, like, bringing back one of the, like, best emotional moments of the first game just to make fun of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw somebody say that, like, due to the timeline of this game, Dante is, like, gone from Mizuki's life for more years than he was in it, which just fucks me up, you know? It's it's a nightmare. Like,
0: Yeah. yeah. And speaking of that, like, you don't get to see any of Mizuki's life outside of this case. Like, Mm -hmm. you get bits where you you get her referring to the fact that she's taking some leave out of school or whatever to do this. And, like, you get glimpses at the fact that she has a life outside of this. But, like, they kind of just keep her character exactly where it was six years ago Mm -hmm. just because they have to reveal that it's that not all of it is happening six years ago.
3: Mm-hmm. They they basically do just make her like a mini Date, because it's like, oh, she's just always working on the case, and then she goes to a bar to talk and, like, figure out the evidence, and it's like, that's what Date did, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It would have been nice if they just gave, like, oh, Mizuki goes to her, her house, and it's just, like, different now, and she just, like, relaxes in a different way, they, but no. Like, they have a good setup, which they establish
2: in the past sections, where Mizuki is, like... The, the cherished little sister of Iris's entire friend group. And they just mm-hmm. don't, like, they don't carry that forward no. or,
0: or talk to it at all. Um, yeah, like, there, there's the bit where, like, Kusna is like, oh, yeah, I call, <laughs> I, I call uh, Mizuki big sis, even though she's much younger than me, just because she has that energy to her. And she reminds me of someone I know. And it turns out the reason she reminds her of someone she knows is that it's because BB was there literally her fucking clone twin.
2: <laughs> yeah. I do think it's cute when she starts calling Mizuki little big sis and BB Big Big yeah. Sis. Like that part's cute, but you you could have just carried that through the whole game. Like you could have had Mizuki as like a person with relationships. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think she ever like I don't think she ever post time skip even talks to Kizuna. In a like conversation that's not about Lien, you know, like we don't even pass the
0: fucking Bechtel test after a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> as as soon as this random person at this restaurant like came on to her, suddenly, like Miz- Mizuki and everyone else associates Kizuna with this guy. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, he's just like an accepted part of their friend group. Like even Date's hanging out
0: with him, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah. Dante, Lian, and Gen are just like hanging out looking at porn mags together.
1: <laughs> you know, the boys.
0: Uh, first of all, Dante already had like a
2: <laughs> Dante already had a bar friend he was doing gay shit with, and it was Mizuki's dad.
0: So like look at yeah. how well that went. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also we get like speaking of bar shit, like Marble returns in this, and at first I was like, yeah, Marble, it's fun hanging out with Mama and stuff. Except here's, they give her, like, this weird racist costume attire as she, like, rubs her two big crystal milky balls uh, to Uh. tell the future. And every time you go to talk to her, the exact same script plays out. She talks about the milky balls, she rubs them, she does a joke reading, and then... A second later, she's like, I'm gonna do it for real. And suddenly, a someone is actually possessing her and guiding you to the right place. It happens every single time that scene comes up. Mm-hmm. You don't get anything... You don't get any scene with Mama
2: near as good as, like, Mizuki's fucking ally speech from the first game. No. <laughs> yeah. And they even,
3: like, replicate it. But yeah. it's, like, it's nothing.
2: Yeah. It's, like, it's funny in that Mizuki has become even more of a cringe ally. But, like... <laughs> The, the thing that I think everyone, like, misses about the ally scene from the first game is, like, it's actually a very good moment of Musiki being, like, literally a 12-year-old. Because she acts <sighs> like, you know, she's so precocious for most of the game. And then, like, Dante brings her to a gay bar, and she's, like, a little freaked out by the trans woman who owns the bar. So Dante... So Dante teases her by going, like, hey, do you have a problem with gay people? And she gives this fucking ally speech about how important gay people are because she's seen them on TV when like yeah. clearly she doesn't know a single gay person. <laughs> and like it's a no. it's a characterful cute bit for her, and like mm-hmm. and like mama's a real character in that scene, and like just she is
0: not in this game. No. Yeah. And like they actually have two ally speeches in this, because there's also a bit where you're investigating something with Yuki and Tama, and Tama only s- suddenly goes, you're a moron if you think there's only two genders in this world, bitch. <laughs> and then it gives you a little entry in your glossary about LGBTQ+, that just restates that. <laughs> is there a non-binary
2: character in this game? Fuck no. Not a chance. This is, and this is like... This is also something that wore on me with this game, is that, like, you know, we've got the two ally speeches, but, like, are there any gay characters in the game? No. Like, there is a- there are, like, hints of of queer attraction from Ryuki to Dante, but it's, like, a joke. It's actually Mm -hmm. mostly a
3: joke. Uh, Well, you can't- you can't forget Pewter, who is so, so gay, and you get one joke about him- being gay in the epilogue and it's like well more of the same i guess oh, yeah
2: you get one yeah. joke about like pewter being a crossdresser you know because he's gay
0: yeah yeah uh, it's also <laughs> also boss gets into they they redo the same thing that happens in the first game where suddenly abyss is chasing after um
1: yeah I and- I wanted to talk about this
0: All right, hit us okay. up.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. I I don't need to I mean, I can yeah, I just like I'm I was just like I'm glad you're bringing this up because they do the ending where it's like like Ibo's like uh hey, we were having this conversation about how you discovered this body at in Gen's freezer. And uh, Boss heard it because she's tapped into our communications, and she sent the SWAT and told them to kill you. Mm-hmm. And and then Dante's like, "Yeah, that's why I've stayed undercover is because I'm pretty sure someone in the police is working with terror, and I think it might be Boss." And then every other route, this never comes up, and Boss is just a saint.
3: Also, no, I'll... this happened in the first game too. Yeah. like Boss will just become extremely hostile in some routes for no reason. Mm-hmm.
2: In one reason, she's been, like, body-swapped with the with the killer, mm-hmm. but it doesn't explain any of the other parts. Where, like, did not it well, look like she calls, she calls the squad on Date in the first game? Yeah. Um, it's so weird.
3: She's yeah. just, like, a mess, because she also has just been, like... She adopted BB and has been taking care of her for years, and just never thought to mention this, ever. Mm-hmm. And there's a little joke about it in the epilogue where it's like, oh, I guess I could have just told you. Ha mm-hmm. <laughs> ha. C- she's uh, just a
1: tool of narrative convenience. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. We hid the, we hid, like, we hid incredibly important information from you, Mizuki, just because it would be kind of a pain. Like, the part where they told Ryuki because he ran into them at the grocery store is, like, a kind of funny one-off joke, but then you think about it for even a second, and it's like, Mizuki had a whole sister. An entire sister that they hid from her her entire life. Both of her parents fucking died in the last game. And Dante was all she had for family. Except that Boss- And then Dante was gone. Yeah, and Dante was gone, again, for six years. And they just didn't tell her about
0: her sister. (laughs) Yeah, like, God. Boss is- Boss is, uh, sure, is a character sometimes, like. So, after the events of one- and they bring this up once or twice. Mizuki also just owns Lemon Skate now, and yeah, a few she's times, she's
3: extremely rich. Mizuki is president,
0: <laughs> and there's at least a few times where if you go into boss's office and check the boy band poster, um, boss is like, "Hey, Mizuki, you know, I am your boss, but also you're the boss of these boys. If you want to like bring them over sometime and." <laughs> Oh, she's. It... Boss
3: is good for, like, gags and, like, talking to people, but, like, whenever it comes to, like, actually, like, trying to be... The, it, that's for, like, so many p- characters in this game, because they will just, like, joke around, and, like, if you, like, click in random objects in the environment, they'll, like, have a good time. But, like, when it comes to actually, like, connecting with each other, they just can't, because so much of the game is just not actual characters that matter.
0: Yeah like there's this recurring bit where if you check the locker behind uh, everything else in the sink room um you'll hear a muffled voice uh, say a few weird things and everyone else is acting like nothing's happening and they just run with that bit for like every time you're in that room and it's just a thing they put in there it's the same with the with the tiger
2: rug in the yakuza office
0: ah uh, the yakuza
2: why is Moma? Not... Why is Moma the, in this game the, again?
3: The Moma voice changer bit was like so grating on my like soul. It was exhausting every time they brought it back. There
2: were like it is it is funny for one line to hear Iris's voice actor say like fucking whatever she says, you know? Yeah. Um but then again, but like only because Iris is not in this game, I also hate the no. I also hate the way that they portray Iris now. Yeah. Where, you know, once again, she can't talk to Mizuki because half the time it's fucking BB, so she just, like, drops out
0: of this game. <sighs> yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? The fact that they have this twist, like, it's not only just a twist for, like, just to say, ha, got one over on you. It's a twist that, like, just destroys the whole game's writing in an ugly way. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. your protagonist can't, like, talk
2: to anybody outside of a very few, like, a very small selection of characters, so, like, everybody's back from the first game, but, like, do they have development or, like, even significant screen time? No.
0: Yeah, some real genuine shit happened to Iris in that first game, and, like, the most that happens is that eventually she takes off her, um, cat, cat ear brain tumor, um, device and just starts wearing a hair, hairband and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the most of her development, and...
1: Yeah. I have no questions, by the way. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, Ota's here and doesn't really have anything else to do. Like, Ota exists as the one character where six years pass, and you're like, holy fucking shit, you're 30 years old, and you look like this now? What the hell? It, <laughs> I I think the single, like i i
3: enjoy when oda is there if only because finally like mizuki is a character that just can't stand oda so every time you like click on him she's like oh it's fucking stupid oda and it's dumb hair and date was like so willing to put up with him just because like he had information or something that he wanted whereas mizuki just like he's not important to her he hangs out with iris sometimes but mizuki would like beat the shit out of him if iris wasn't there
2: i love i i (laughs) I think the best Oda moment is when you go to see him at Sunfish Pocket, and he has, like, the highest rank of Trident. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Musiki, I got the yeah. highest rank of Trident. And she goes, thanks for the money, loser. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. And Oda's like, oh, yeah, I guess you do own this place, huh? And she goes, yeah, chump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I am glad that they took out that little clip from the first game, where whenever you interacted with him in Sunfish Pocket, he would have the maid feed him, and you'd you just make noises into the microphone. That's bad. It was bad.
1: He, he yeah, Hoda sucks. Of all the returning characters, he was my least favorite, partially because there's literally, in this entire game, no reason for him to be here. Not even a pretend one. Mm-hmm. No. Except for, I guess, he is the one who had the truck so everyone could show up for the Avengers sequence. Yeah. Why, did,
3: why did that happen? No,
1: actually, Moma had the truck. <laughs> oh, you're right. Mm. Moma had the truck. He
2: drives the, tr- why yeah. re- drives the truck because he drove the truck in the first game.
0: Why is he here? <laughs> because he was here in the first game, basically.
3: You need, like- you need someone to take a bullet for somebody else.
1: Oh, if he died, <laughs> that would have been sick.
3: No, Ryuki uh, does that. Yeah, it's it, Ryuki's the one who takes it. No, the but game. he doesn't! <laughs> Uh. It, okay okay i there's like so many weird character interactions i really thought they were building in that entire scene to like date and tama teaming up and it's just being like a nightmare yeah but but it just they just don't hey can it's we like talk, oh yeah can, can okay you talk about go. marco
1: yeah, uh, no, because uh, there's nothing to say. Marco is <laughs> not in this game. <laughs> no design, no voice lines. It's like, what? The, uh, it's so
3: annoying.
2: Can, can we talk about how in, in multiple parts of the script they write they write his name as Maruko?
1: I I I, <laughs> I, I thought the thing was that it's technically Maruko, but as a pet name, she calls him Marco. That is
2: not established anywhere. The first okay. when BB talked about talks about him at first, he is he his name is written as Marco, and then multiple other characters call him Maruko.
0: Yeah. It it's a bit that just came across as like, okay, did they
3: It's like, okay, they not- put a third AI ball in this game. For the third game, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm looking this up, and apparently it is just a fuck up in the script. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> and it's
2: because BB is Sometimes. around, so she needs an AI ball, so they just come up with a with a character who has a, a flimsy reason never to talk or be pictured. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, one of he those sh- signs... Be shy. One of those signs that maybe you fucked up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's another side character they bring back um, that specifically made me sit up and go, oh shit, because I thought they were gonna do something with him. Like, specifically... In the first game, there's a character like this weird-looking taxi driver who comes up to you and is like... Oh, yeah. He's the one who delivers the message from, like, the killer in that first game. And as soon as you see him in this one, you're immediately thinking, oh, this is this is bad. Him being back is really bad. But, like, instead they just have him do, like the Twin Peaks season two episode one bit where he just stumbles into a crime scene and is being like, oh yes, the bill. And goes on a five minute speech about how the bill was being paid and how we would work out the payment here. And then at some point he also appears in Sunfish Pocket because he can't stop talking about how much he loves the ladies.
3: Yeah, he's just like a taxi driver that just shows up sometimes. It's like, this guy had like a this guy had like a thing to do in the last game. He's now he's just showing up because you have his model and I guess his, you could just like put his voice actor back in like no problem. And it's like ah.
1: It's, it's exhausting. So much of this game is just exhausting.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I uh yeah. I just looked up what Date like actually looks like. He's way hotter like he's this. He's way hotter. I'm saying, I'm saying yeah.
2: Falco Falco was so hotter <laughs> Like Falco's damn, so okay. Hot. He has a he has a better voice too.
1: Frankly. If he if he looked like this in this game, I might have been on board. As is, I am in the position where I'm like, I see why y'all are like he's a shithead, but he's our shithead. I can't quite get there. But maybe if you look like this.
2: Here's the thing. If yeah. he was Falco in this game, he and Ryuki would be tough to visually distinguish. Because Ryuki is just a young <laughs> Falco. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: They they look tired in different ways. Uh huh.
3: <laughs> honestly, like one of the things I was like excited for when this game was like coming out, I'm like, oh my gosh, Dante's actually going to like be in a relationship with someone and not get to just be like a weird little freak all the time. Mm-hmm. Or if he does, he's going to be like more, at least more composed. And like, oh, he's just going to be hanging out with like Iris's mom sometimes. But no, because he just disappears from the plot and mm-hmm. nothing. It doesn't matter. It's so. It makes me so mad. Ah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just want to hammer home like when this game got announced through like the timer and stuff and the trailer dropped and it had fucking mizuki bringing out her pipe from the first game except now it was retractable and had Neano over it i lost my goddamn mind i was gonna (laughs) i was like hell yes i'm buckling in for whatever this is this is gonna be the greatest and like uh
3: did any of you guys know about the the arg they did before the game came out
0: I read a little
2: bit about it, but, like, not enough to actually understand anything about it. There's,
3: like... Okay, there was, like, a thing called Hidden Bats where uh, Iris and... I don't remember the other... It might have been Ryuki. Uh, like, people, like, had to solve a series of things, and they got to the end. They got to choose between Iris and Ryuki disappearing from the timeline. And Iris got chosen, and nothing really happened, and it didn't matter in the game. And But there's, like, a little, like... Secret in the game, if you click, click a specific screen, uh, a thing will pop up. And it's like, well, it may she may not have disappeared in this timeline, but in other timelines, <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> and it's like,
1: wink. I uh. mean, she did disappear in this timeline. She's not in this <laughs> fucking game. <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: it's,
3: the game th- this game is like so into ARGs, but it's just like... I all, like, blow. I, it, still, I... it still fucking blows
2: my mind that part of this game is that, like, th- like Iris' conspiracy theory shit was real, and she just, like, is
0: yeah. not a character who is, like, in this game it's at absurd. all. It's absurd. Yeah, because, like, like, six one of the things in the first game was that, like, um, there's a bit where you can get Way into Iris's conspiracy theories yeah, and go. You along get an with her. entire
3: route of just like playing along and being like, "Oh, there's a big secret society that's like trying to break the world," and, but like that's yeah. like a bad ending.
0: Yeah, because it turns out the whole thing is because she has a brain tumor, and uh, it just goes on, gets stuck into these conspiratorial loops, and like it, it even though it's written by the same person, like the sequel totally has that energy of like. Hey, this character said a bunch of ridiculous conspiracy shit the first game, right? What if we just had her doing it again the second time? Like, ignoring the reasons why she was doing that or anything like I that. I did
2: take a oh. screenshot of Ota explaining MK Ultra. <laughs> that part <that laughs> did make the me bit, feel like I was the- fucking losing my mind.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There's stuff in this game with that, right? Where it's like the- like. I don't know why they bother... They do so little with, uh, like, simulation theory stuff, actually, mm-hmm. like, beyond saying that, like, these people believe it. Like, why do we have this sequence of, like, well, actually, in this world, there is no Liberty Island. It's like, who yeah, fucking care. No. Why are we doing yeah. this? Like, they like, do an actual make-
3: thing to, like, make this, like, an active, like, different timeline than, like, the one we live in. And
1: yeah, it's like, is, wink. Yeah. Like, for no reason. It has no payoff. It has no relevance no yeah
0: and like it's (laughs) this game really dives into like uchikoshi's worst writing habits because there's just various bits where you can talk to a person and go through seven to eight different types of oh this event happened in real life but wouldn't it be fucked up if there was actually something to it like with the manhattan project and all that stuff The funniest scene is the bit where you're talking to Tokiko's hologram about the Mandela effect, and it pulls up a graphic that looks like it came from a Texas high school... Like, a Texas high school textbook. And... Except if that textbook was all about, like, weird conspiracy theories.
3: It's so weird. It's such a weird game with so many weird focuses that never pay off.
0: Yeah, and it's... It's a shame because there actually is one thing in the game that worked for me super well. Like, the the situation where you're going through Shoma's Somnium and, like, understanding his thing with Komiji, because, like, yeah, he's a little kid. He's gonna, like, when he grows, as he's growing up, of course he's gonna see his dad doing this, being this failure of a comedian and be like... Dad, no, the kids in my school are calling you cringe. You've got to stop. <laughs> and Kameji's is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Spirit of comedy. Whiz-bang-pocky-pook. And it's it's basically, that whole Samium is basically showing him like, no, you don't need to believe that the world isn't real. You can believe in the world and believe in your father. And like, it it shows them getting close in a way that feels very real and affectionate to me. And before, like, before I was finished with this game, I almost kind of adopted Komeiji as, like, my explanation for um, Uchikoshi's writing and specifically these first and second games where it's like, yeah, he just says some really stupid jokes sometimes, but, like, you can tell his heart's in it. But, like, then I played the rest of the game and I was like... Yeah, that doesn't really work so well here,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, like, komeji like, I, I found the execution of their, their story to be a little too trite. I've seen it too many times to buy in. But regardless, Komeji is a character who is a literal blockhead, and then guess, also- yeah. And, and then also, like his story is him being like, actually, you know what, right? You know what, you're right, son. I will stick with comedy. It doesn't matter that we're drowning well, with debt. I'm getting threatened by mafia who are gonna kill me daily. Like this well, has not solved anything. Jen, I know what you're gonna say. That's literally only in the fucking like glitch ending. The normal ending, no. he does not get the no. I've straightened up and gotten a no, good cause job. No, because he's dead. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> when, I, when I mentioned this to Jen when I was playing the game, she's like, well, don't worry, in the real ending, it gets fixed. No, it it doesn't!
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's frustrating, because, like, I feel like the two of them have the best side story going on. Like, it was a situation where, like, when I played the first game, I also kind of felt affected by the thing with uh, Ota and Ota's mom, just because, like, I've, in real life, I've had people in my life who have suffered with Alzheimer's and I know how devastating it is to kind of just have someone who's going through that. And yeah, that, that story was important for me at that time, but like this game doesn't really have anything that reaches those same levels. Like the best Somnium in is in this game is the cooking one. And that's entirely because of the comedy. Like,
3: yeah, it is entirely linear, linear and it is just like gags and jokes the entire time. That are that normally are like punished because they take your time away, and it's like ugh. But, yeah. but the <laughs> the cooking somnium is so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this game has this thing where like every action you take, every action you take in a somnium takes a certain amount of seconds, which cl- which brings down your six minute timer. Um, the big joke about this one is that like for Iris to learn cooking from scratch, it would take like two years, except. They straight up mentioned the mechanic of the little timies that reduce the time. And Misuki's like, Hey, what do you know? I have one that reduces anything to one second. And Iris is just freaking the fuck out because. Yeah, Ibis spends
3: two years learning cooking in this Somnium.
0: Yeah, and just.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She becomes a master chef.
0: Yeah, she becomes so much of a master chef that the game just r- routinely breaks its physics during that scene just so that she can, like, deliver yeah. a treat it, that it, reaches up to the heavens.
3: Yeah, it's like a dream sequence, but there there is, like, a JRPG, like, final boss, like, theme, and, like, a god's light shines down to, like, help her cook, and it's like, okay, great. She's so good at this.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, like, I-, I did think that Tama... And Ryuki were a pretty good pair, even though they don't really get much to do in terms of the plot. Like, Ryuki is very much someone who has a lot of problems and kind of just voices out random things to work through them. Uh But in a way, that's kind of makes you feel affectionate towards him. And uh, Tama is just someone who, like... Uchikoshi has called her a dummy mommy multiple times in interviews, and like she does have some of that energy to her, but also like
2: See, her Thomas mommy quotient is zero. Yeah, she doesn't have that. <laughs> no. She's like
0: a little sister.
2: If she's like any of these yeah. archetypes,
3: <laughs> she's kind of she's kind of a scamp.
4: Yeah,
2: she's
3: like annoying. Yeah. She's yeah.
2: annoying, and she has a terrible sense of humor.
3: Oh, like. Uh, there's, like, a scene where, like, she finally gets, like, Ryuki to, like, go to a hospital, and he's, like, oh, wait, I just thought of something new in the case, I have to go, and she's, like, wait, don't, and he's, like, oh, what if I, like, got you a present or something, and she just gets, like, really flustered, and she's, like, okay, okay, you can go for, like, one hour or something, and it's, like, I, I don't know, I, I really do wish she had, like, more of an effect on Ryuki, because he does just kind of, like, steamroller whenever he wants to actually do something, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, oh. Because they try and make it seem like they have, like, a very, like... Like, they're they're very... Like, in the end, he's, uh like... Mizuki's like, oh, wow, you're so wifed up. And Tama gets really embarrassed, and, like, so does Ryuki. But, like, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like they're, like, equal partners in the same way that, like... Mizuki and Aiba really, like, flow well together. And, like, Date and Aiba were, like, a mess, but they were also really good partners. But it always feels like Ryuki is just, like, such a mess. He will just, like, charge through no matter what Tama, like, says or wants. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird.
2: And I really I really yeah. don't like, like, the... The the story like also the story also maneuvers in a way such that like Ryuki is aware of a bunch of stuff that Tama is not and like keeps that stuff from mm-hmm. her. Um and then that doesn't really, like, have consequences. It's just kinda like, oh yeah. well, it didn't really matter that he was hiding, you know, these that he was like yeah. briefly working for terror, but didn't like like wasn't able to tell Tama, and so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of like he's wifed up in that like in the way that, like, shitty fiction just, like, has women just be, like, completely subservient to, like, a uh, guy's role in a plot. And, like, that's ultimately what yeah. Tana is.
4: hmm
0: Yeah. And that's a shame, because, like, they have, they have some good jokes together. They have some good moments together. Like, uh... I, I do like how there's various points where Riki just asks for something in a rude way, and she takes out her riding prop and is like, what was that? And he just goes back to, what, sorry, sorry, can you please tell me what this is, ma'am? And then she'll do it. And then, like, there's this weird joke about the fact that this little eye with boobs is somehow putting him into various rope bondage, and... That part was weird, but it was funny. It, This game's humor is all over the place. Uh, the prosy D voice. Oh, they fucking! <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like- I, I do really like it when Tama, like, you just look at a chair and she'll just be like, Hey, Ryuki, don't you think that all men want to be sit-on and stuff? And it's all just jokes of that caliber where she's clearly just a-, a She's basically- She's the kind of person who loves making sex jokes, but as soon as anything gets real, she suddenly gets really flustered and is like, okay, moving on. It It's so weird how much, like,
3: she's basically like Date from the first game. Like, it is just, like, this unceasing, like, weird, like, perverted undercurrent that will just disappear when, like, things get important, mm-hmm. but, like... It's so weird how similar they are and how they do never just interact. I, that that like hung over me like when I was like doing like the finishing up stuff. I'm like, wow, that, they had like a perfect scene for like these two complete weirdos to just like bounce off of each other perfectly. And yeah. and,
2: I don't and know. Ryuki, it, I, Ryuki is like mm-hmm. ambiguously attracted to both of them. So it feels like at yeah. some point he should be like, it's kind of weird that I have like big titty date in my head. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I feel like the. I feel like I saw several like artists on Twitter the months before this game came out come up with better interaction ideas than the game did at certain points. Like mm-hmm. the idea that Date would look at Tama and be like, Oh damn it, why c- it should have been me that had yeah. Tama. <laughs> uh
3: there's like Ah uh, there's so there's so many like Missed potentials and like just like Interactions that don't happen or like could Happen that just like are Completely ignored in the service of oh One of these characters isn't actually Who we've been telling you they are this entire time And it's like okay Mm -hmm. whatever
2: There's like a certain point where you're trying to figure out Like which time when you were Talking to Gen it was actually Gen And when it was Dante in like a Gen costume And I'm like I don't
0: care man Mm -hmm.
2: I just I just don't give a shit
0: yeah. Also, technically, there are two different organizations that are like the world is a simulation in this game, and yeah. that does not matter at all.
2: No. Nope. The order of percent stuff is like only there to provide a reason why like Jin has to be like two face. Mm-hmm.
3: <sighs> there, there's yeah. also like when you go into that laboratory at like the very beginning of the game, and like like at not the very beginning, but like at the very beginning of like Mizuki's route, where like you can like click on the tubes in the background and i was like oh these they're they're doing research on like immortality and like preserving the body forever and i'm like okay well there you have it that's how they're that's how they're making like bodies like last six years or whatever and that just never comes up again Mm -hmm. it feels like such an obvious thing when she's like okay i got to figure out how this body lasted six years i'm gonna go to the science institute and it's just not important and not really what matters it's Mm -hmm. like oh this other character is immortal but that's not really anything (laughs) Yeah, the fact that yeah.
2: the fact that Shama is like an immortal child just doesn't—it doesn't matter.
4: No.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like Shikara's Somnium itself is fucking miserable because like there's it's the only one where you don't hide in time or hide in the wrong place and you get an instant failure. You're thinking but, uh, of uh, you're thinking of babies. Oh yeah. right, yeah. I was BBs where you're basically running from chikara. Yeah, the it's time like time. it's like very
3: it's very like horror themed. Like uh, he'll like you have to like choose a hiding place, and he'll like pounce all creepy, and then like there's like a red flash or whatever.
0: Yeah, and like there's a bit where suddenly you have to start creeping around the room while he's still in the room, and I could never get the timing down for that. Like. I would just be constantly if, getting into If you, into like, situation. come into
3: a contact with, like, an object, you make a noise or something, and that draws his attention. So you can't, like, be close to anything.
0: Yeah, but there's also, like, a bit where he's, like, looking back and forth, mm, and the timing yeah, for yeah, that yeah. is so tight that, like... Especially in the back half, um, it just... I constantly just had to do that mini game, being like, huh, he saw something. No, he didn't. Huh, he saw something. No, he didn't.
2: Yeah. Also, he's got a Joker palette. Like, literally.
1: Is I mean, are they doing, like, a Joker palette, or are they doing, like, a camera-negative thing? I can't quite tell. It's,
2: like, half a camera-negative thing, half a zombie thing, and then, like,
0: half, like, uh-huh.
2: a Joker palette.
1: I mean, he does have yeah. a Frankenstein head, so I guess, you know.
0: Yeah, because cause they give him, like, they give him, like, ceremonial candles uh, on his head in the second route, where he's, like, deciding, okay, you're hiding somewhere in the dark, so I'm gonna start wearing these. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah, speaking really quick of of things, of, like, really uncomfortable stuff that is glossed over. The fact that, like, he, like, th- th- the fact that he, like, it, the fact that he's, like, Tokiko's abuser, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we get, like, literally nothing about the fact that, like, Jin is this, like, child, you know, that he kind of, like, manipulated Tokiko into a sexual relationship. Jin was born of it um he wanted like he wanted her to have an abortion but she wanted to keep the child and then he like made her give up the child for adoption um and then like they end up like working together to to like keep Jin alive by like torturing this other child and just like none of that is like it's just exposition like none of that is like Mm -hmm. emotional texture or like consequential to character arcs because everybody involved is fucking dead by the time that you learn this
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: like, even Jin, like, Jin does not exist as a character in this, like, there's a bit where he, they treat him like he might be actually terror or whatever, but like, you never really get to see much of his perspective on anything, you just have characters being like, gee, I bet he hated it too when he had to get all these parts from this other boy. Yeah, just really
2: thin. (laughs) <laughs> We're hitting this yeah. over and over again, but I just think the writing of this game is fucking terrible.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a shame, because, like, there's a lot of character stuff I like, but at, in, in the end, it's just incredibly frustrating what they do here.
3: Yeah. I feel like For there's a lot
1: of jokes that I like, but, uh-huh. like, character stuff, I don't even know.
3: For every time you can click a potted plant and have Iba tell you a funny bug fact, there's, like, six hours of just utterly boring, like, un- uninteresting characters.
0: Yeah, best part of the game might just be the Twitter video they put out where um, Iba is just ranking her bugs.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I I have that bookmarked. It's so good. It's so cute. Do we want
2: to move on to emails, or does anyone
0: have any last things to say about the game? I think um, I think I'm good. Yeah, only thing I really have left is like, I was super duper excited for this game. Like. Yeah. Beyond anything, and it's really disappointing how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, if Xenoblade Three turns out to be bad, fucking hell! <laughs> Jeez, but, is, are they like setting off
1: fireworks? I don't know.
2: This name—it
1: yeah, must be leftover fireworks.
2: This yeah. neighborhood is a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was saying earlier, if Xenoblade Three turns out to be bad, like it's gonna feel like my whole year has been wasted. I was really looking forward to this game and it was a huge disappointment.
1: Hmm. <sighs> All right, well I'm going to read these uh in the order we received them here, which means we're starting off with a uh a uh email in from Fen, uh co-host of uh Fate Moon Archive. Uh, hey Fen. Hi, novelers, first-time writer, long-time appreciator. I have very mixed feelings about AI2 that mostly come down to I like the puzzles and some of the jokes, but the overall plot is bad, I think. I'm curious how, how that landed for y'all. Are you able to separate your like or dislike of the story from your enjoyment of the Somnia-slash-VR sections? Also, do any of you have familiarity with Uchikoshi's work prior to 999? He wrote a bunch of visual novels, including the Eternity series before moving on to the hybrid puzzle VN games he's been he's done since 2009. If you played his previous stuff, how do you think it stacks up? If not, do you think his games would be better without puzzles in ai2's case, it feels like no one says anything to each other except jokes, so everything that actually moves the plot forward can be revealed in somnium then
0: but- this just made me realize we didn't even get to, like, the way this game handles puzzles. Cause, like, oh,
3: th- there's an awful puzzle in the Nike's, like, headquarters room.
0: Yeah, like, there's multiple puzzles in this game where, like, you have to take note of certain things. And then suddenly it doesn't let you look at the clues anymore when it's time to answer what's there. And
3: mm-hmm. If you switch to easy mode after you, like, fail three times, it'll pop them up. But it's like, I, it, they should have just been there from the start.
1: The yeah. most bizarre thing about the puzzles in this game to me is just context, which is the way like they have this thing where it's like, oh you're you're whether it's it's Ibo or Tama, they're they're like, oh hey, I scanned the crime scene. We can enter it in VR and have all the data. It'll be like we're there ourselves. So for sometimes they do that when you are there. And mm-hmm. it's like we're right here. Why are we doing this? <laughs> um and But it- yeah, I mostly I had fun in some of the Somniums, but I feel like fewer and fewer as the game went on. And so I feel like I mostly agree with Fenn, except for I don't even think the puzzles were that good.
3: (laughs) The Somniums in this game are, like, just not very enjoyable. A lot of, like, a lot of, like, the little, like, one-off bits you can do by choosing the wrong action for, like, progressing the plot is good. But so many of them are just completely linear with, like, actual, like, without any branching that it does just, like, feel like, okay, I just, I should just get straight through this to actually, like, finish this.
0: Yeah, like y'all mentioned the part where you're swimming downward in Tokiko Somnium, but like the bit that really got to me about that is like the very last one is you having to swim uh. for a full minute, and if you had fucked up any of your pathing in the previous part, like you're you're done, <laughs> like you just can't get there in time. Hmm. I I don't understand what they were doing in that section.
2: It's so it's no. so off It's so like miserably designed.
0: Yeah, like, if if you're listening to this and still feel like you want to play it, set everything to easy. Like, yeah, that's definitely. the only way you can tolerate any of this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, yeah. as far as the Somniums, I, I said this, there's, like, a few that I thought were fun, like, conceptually. Um, but mm-hmm. similar to Kim, like, a lot of them are just so linear that at a certain point I didn't even feel, like, fucking around. I was just like, okay, just get me through it. Like...
3: They add like way more, they put a lot more focus on like, oh, there's little eyeballs that like give you little unlockables and outfits and stuff. But none of that matters because it's only when you're like replaying the game and stuff that you can actually like switch the outfits or anything. Yeah, like I -hmm. I
2: misread those and I thought like, okay, so if I've beaten a before and come back to it, I can use like a goofy outfit. That's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's only usable on a totally like new playthrough of a game, which I just don't understand why you would do that.
3: I yeah. I just I just want Aiba to wear a shirt that says I'm very smart all the yes. time, and glasses. There's
0: glasses. There's also that like room you unlock where you just go into like each AI balls. Uh, Assistant room where they just mm-hmm. ans- give you a bunch of weird robotic advice questions.
3: Yeah, there there is also a tamagotchi in this game where every twenty minutes, no matter what, you'll get a little pop up and you can answer a question and they like grow in the direction of like a different character. But it is very funny to like do like a very serious dark scene, then you get a cute little jingle and your tamagotchi pops up. <laughs> good.
2: And it's like, hey. <laughs> also, several... sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Separ- Sorry, guys, give me a minute. Uh, several questions also rely on a familiarity with, Jap- with like Japanese language that I just don't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, as far as purposely trying to give certain answers to achieve, like, certain evolutions in the fake Tamagotchi, I just don't know what the fuck we're doing here.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: In terms of, like, the other half of the question, in terms of, like, are you familiar with other stuff that Uchikoshi has done before 999? Um... Not really on my part. Like, I've heard amazing things about Ever17, but I've never actually checked it out before. Yeah, I have no
4: familiarity
3: with it either. I've definitely heard about it and maybe had it recommended a few times, but never have. Nope.
1: Nope. Maybe we'll get to it sometime on here. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, given how you feel about Uchikoshi, maybe not, but we'll see.
1: (laughs) I mean, 999 was good. That was just the turning point where he sunk into darkness. I want to see his, you know, his, ah, before, I want to see eh? Ian McGregor play him. Um, <laughs> this next question comes in from Emrys. Uh, hey, all, and welcome back, Olivia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Olivia's not staying. They brought me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is if she wants to, but I don't think she wants to. Anyway. I think she's going to lose
3: her memory and disappear for six years. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh, which do you tend to prefer in your VNs? Lots of branching routes, like AI2 or Nonary games, or mostly linear story path, like Umineku slash Higarashi. I am finding my interest tends to go down the more branching routes the game has in it. Thanks, Emrys. Uh, G-Man voice, uh, rather than offer you the illusion of free choice. They, yeah. They're all linear.
3: No, I think... I, I wouldn't call AI2 a game with a lot of branching routes. It has like a few that just like cut short, mm-hmm. but like it, it is way less branching than the than the first AI game, but it it, it it like they really illustrate it very well by just like having the the timeline chart just be a straight like connected line where you can just see, "Oh, this is like the actual route at the center and you'll get like a weird branch off of that sometimes." That <laughs> It only lasts a couple
1: scenes. Well, and you have but, to see the uh-huh. you have to see the endings to get to the proper one anyway. So it's effectively a presentation thing.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. entirely.
0: Yeah, and but, I, I feel like the first game handled that a little bit better too, just because like there there was a sense that like you were brushing against a bunch of really good endings for all these other characters, but they weren't getting you closer to the truth. Yeah, and the only way to get to the center of the truth in the first game is like taking all the characters through a fucking horror show, like...
3: Yeah, there's, like, every single ending that, like, ends with, like, Date, like, actually having an emotional resolution with, like, a character that, like, leaves them in a better place, just, like, you don't get to solve the mystery. You have to focus on the mystery or, like, your relationship with these people, and you can't do both. Mm -hmm. Like, and, like, it's way more interesting like that than, like, this weird, like, completely half-assed branch that it does. But, I... Yeah, okay.
1: To be fair, I feel like it actually does that a fair bit in this game. I don't know. I don't think its execution is great, but like mm-hmm. most of the time, you get character endings. It's because in a yeah. game it was like pursue the mystery or help the person, and you picked up the mm-hmm. person.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
3: I, I think it's just done worse in this game. But mm-hmm. uh, I, f- I feel like a commitment's like the strongest thing. Like I really like when a game has like a very like straight story, and it doesn't really like I. I I don't think there should be choices in a straight story like echo doesn't need any choices. You're just you're just playing right through that. But like if if there's like a game where there's like three or four minor choices that don't really do anything or just like that's like a, one different route. I I don't really see the point of that. Like it, it's got to have like this idea of like okay, these choices are bringing you to like a different finale than like they they either need to have a lot of choices or none. Like a weird like like middle ground kind of blows Mm, i i tweeted while playing this game that i've never played a
2: root-based vm that wasn't bad because of the roots so (laughs) that's where i stand um i think it's i think it's not good like i just genuinely think that root-based storytelling is bad and i don't like it
1: i just like to i mean it's a different the thing is the two examples were like so such similar games it's such a such a very specific like sub-genre of visual novels because when you say a visual novel with lots of br- lots of branching roots i'm like hell yeah i love to pick which boy i'm dating
3: yeah that's ex- <laughs> that's exactly what i'm thinking of because uh like flowers is like the visual novels i've been playing and there's always like two girls to pick from and it's basically like oh do you want to choose the options that the stuck-up school pres will like or that the like sort of like edgy girl would like And it's like, these are just two completely different routes that give you completely different scenes and lead you down a completely different path. And, like, I'm happy with the one I chose. And I don't really Mm -hmm. need to see the other one.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah, it's a situation for me where, like, I don't think... I I think it all depends on the game story. Like, I don't don't have a preference. I just go with whatever the game feels is best, and it usually works out. Like, uh, I do like it when you play Tome games and... You get into various routes and at least one or two of them is going to have some weird fucked up secret you didn't know and will completely change your view of everything happening. And uh, it doesn't necessarily say, oh, you have to do that. But uh, I also just enjoy like sitting down with Umaneko and and being like, "Okay, I'm going to have a story read to me for a while.
1: (laughs) Uh, Shall we move on to our next email? Yeah. Uh, This is our, our final email. This one's from Peter. Uh, hey all, really enjoyed AI2, especially how varied the Somniums are. The game got so deep in my brain that during one dream I did the snake symbol and glitched my deem- dream so badly, uh, badly I woke up in a sweat. Has a game ever gotten its hooks in you so hard that you've had dreams about it? Thanks, Peter. I've had Dota dreams. They were not positive. <gasps> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> without exception, my Dota dreams have been my team upset at me because I'm letting them down and me feeling very guilty. Uh. Cause that's what Dota is. Mm-hmm. I get them. It's like it's like getting like high school test ones. I stopped playing Dota a couple years ago. I still get those <laughs> dreams where I'm fucking up and letting down the team.
2: Damn. Oof. I I have had I've had dreams where um I've had dreams where like things are just kind of like how do to describe this type of game like those fucking um. Like, those fucking Dark Pictures games, like, the the, the mm. Dead by... Or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's not Dead by Daylight. Uh, until, until, yeah, Dawn until Dawn. Until Dawn, people. I've had dreams that are like that, with just, like, where it's just, like, I'm in the middle of some kind of story, and then, like, the presentation is similar to those games, which is weird, because I don't, like... I wouldn't say I'm a fan of those games. Yeah, you can't remember <laughs> what they were called. Yeah, so I don't I don't know why <laughs> I have those dreams, but I had one of them like two days ago. Um I remember like at a point I like opened a menu and I saw that a character had like a secret plan. There was like a objective that's like accomplish this character's like secret plan, and I'm like, oh I'm not gonna fuck around with you, because you got a secret plan.
4: <laughs>
3: uh 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 for me i don't i don't really have like dreams especially often but like not just games but like whenever like something like narratively just like gets stuck in my head and i like end up rereading it a lot it gets like tossed around a lot like if i'm like rereading like part of a book just to, like really like click it into my brain i'll tend to dream about it if i just like am doing that before bed mm. and when i was like really intensely playing like the house in fada morgana I, I had a couple of dreams of, like, really intense moments from that where it's just like, oh, those are just, like, happening, like, in the visual novel. But it's like, I, I'm, I'm dreaming it. And, like, I don't know. It's just because I was tossing those scenes around so much and just, like, rereading them a bunch.
0: Yeah, like, I have dreams fairly often, but uh, it, it often depends on the kind of game I'm playing if I'm going to have any dreams about it. I did have this really intense dream when I started playing Umineko, like, uh, within the first chapter you have that one character who just suddenly makes a monster face out of nowhere. And, like, for the next three nights, I was having nightmares about, like, that character just staring at a wall and then turning around and making that face. And that was terrifying.
3: <laughs> it's always it's always really funny seeing people's reaction to that monster face. I was in call with someone when I got to it. They, like, they like they got jump scared. They made, like, a squeak. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, Kyrie is attempting to play that game right now, too, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to be in the room with her when she eventually gets back because she's playing with the original graphics, so I'm oh, really perfect. curious to see.
1: Perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah. God, that's going to get a reaction, I imagine.
1: <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, I think th- that's it for our emails here. Um... And this is the part where we normally announce what's uh, coming up next month. And we are going to do that, but we have a couple of other announcements as well. Um, this is our second-to-last episode on the Abnormal Mapping Network. Um, this podcast is a lot of work, as I'm sure you know. Kim and Olivia can tell you. There's a lot of prep. Um, Olivia actually can can definitely tell you been on the show. <laughs> Quit the show because it was too much work. I, I,
2: I believe I have, in uh, fact, already told you. <laughs> I've already yeah, told the audience yeah. how much it's been a lot of work.
1: Um, but we really, like, we like the coverage we're doing. Um, we feel like they're games that are not getting as much, like, deep coverage that w- that we'd like to see. Um, and so we don't want to stop doing Novel Not New. We just needed to find a way for it to make sense. We were spending so much damn time on this. Um and so it is going to be a uh, Scanline Media uh, Patreon show, and we are going to keep going. Um, yeah,
0: it and it's not necessarily a decision we made lightly. Just because like we're aware that putting it behind Patreon means that uh, a show that was initially free is now going to cost some money, but like it's the only way we can continue to like justify putting this much work into it every month. It was like mm-hmm. either this or. We space them out like every few months, or we stop doing it all together. And like, it seemed like this was the best path forward.
1: Yeah. Um, of course, every episode we've already put out, every episode on the Admiral Mapping Network is going to stay here and stay free. Um, and we can tell you what the plan is. So, next episode, our last episode, is going to be on Hakuoki Edo Blossoms to close a book that we opened a while ago on this show and just sort of round several years. Yeah, yeah, when we played uh, Kyoto Wins. Um, And then uh, I can tell you our first episode uh, on the Patreon is going to be playing Tsukihime with M, um, and that's going to be a fucking good episode, so.
0: Yeah, Uh, this is going to be the thing that finally drags me into fate, so I'm excited. Godspeed, Jen. (laughs) Uh, Finally going to understand why six always gets so angry when i refer to something as alter and six is like no that's not what alter is
1: she doesn't know what it means she just says it It has a meaning it's fine anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh kim and olivia we'll go we'll go with kim first kim where can people find you and and your stuff and whatever you want to plug
0: uh they can't
1: great jealous <laughs> Freedom.
0: You you should listen to the
3: abnormal mapping oh, episodes. Oh yeah, no, I talked. I, ta- I talked about fate with M twice. I, you can find me there, I guess. But no, don't 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 go looking for me.
2: Much like Date oh. when he disappeared
3: for six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm, I, I'm going. I'm going to just vacation for a while.
1: Hollow Ataraxia was the explosion that ejected you from the internet.
3: Yeah, you know what? I'm done. Hollow Ataraxia is a perfect video game. I don't need to talk about any others.
1: I'll I'll get there eventually. I, I I'm on I'm on day two. I'm getting there. Oh boy. Not of holoataraxia of, of No, I FSN, know. But, uh yeah, I know I I know that I'm fucking nowhere, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. I know that I dipped one toe into the pool and I'm talking about how fun swimming is, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh Olivia, where can people find you?
2: Uh you can find me on the internet at Great Griebe, um, where I have an actually now that I think about it, outdated pin tweet. Um with uh, some podcasts in it. Two of those are are no longer happening anymore. Um, but you should still check out Attention Duelists, which is the Yu-Gi-Oh! rewatch podcast I do with my girlfriend. And you can also find the uh, sci-fi web serial that I help edit at unjuststeps.com.
3: Unjust well, Steps is really good. You should yeah. go read it.
2: We got fucking dogs in this one coming up.
3: Oh, there's dogs.
2: There's there's so many dog women. <laughs> Oh boy. It's a good it's a good side story now.
3: Can't wait.
1: Uh all right, for for me I'm at Six Detmar, um S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R on on Twitter. Um and I'm on a lot of podcasts and stuff, but I'll make Jen do all that because we're on mostly the same stuff. <laughs> so now it's no problem.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um you can find me at JBU3 on Twitter. Um most of my stuff lives on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanline media, where we have podcasts about anime, video games, movies, manga, sometimes books, just just a bunch of media critique. Just a bunch of
1: media critique. <laughs> Jen does this thing where she, like, tries to invent an informal voice to slide into for the end of these, and I don't quite understand that. <laughs> <it. laughs> Thanks so
0: much for joining us, everyone, and uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Corno mag
1: Bye-bye.
4: power! <laughs> <laughs>
1: quick save.